I give you praise. Come on, for every trial you ever brought me through, God. Hallelujah. For every, every wall that was surrounding me that you made crumble, God. Every sickness you ever cured. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Every broken part of me you ever put back together. I give you great praise. Somebody lift him up. Hallelujah. 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 Let's give Jesus a great big hand clap of praise. Hallelujah. Is anybody thankful for what Jesus has done in your life? Praise God. Amen. He's still in the business. Amen. You know, it was post-2020. I saw a lot of signs around our area and other areas that I traveled to. Going out of business. Going out of business. Times are tight. Times are tough. We're going out of business. I want to tell you, Jesus has never put a going out of business sign over what he's doing. His miracle work in business is never going out of business. His blessing is never going out of business. His salvation is never going out of business. Amen. God's ability to work in your life is never going out of business. Somebody give God great praise for that. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. If you have your Bibles, we're going to turn over to the book of 2 Kings chapter 4, beginning in verse number 1. And as you're doing that, I'd like to dismiss our Sunday school students and their teachers of their classrooms everybody say god bless our sunday school kids and god bless our sunday school teachers amen second kings chapter four verse one i also want to say a great big thank you to all those for all of the gifts, the cards, the treats, and all that stuff that's been given to us during the holiday season. Uh, you keep doing that, I'm going to have to get a new suit because it won't fit. Amen. You're already ruining the New Year's resolution before it gets there. Amen. Second Kings chapter 4 and verse 1. I've been feeling in this, my, in, this in my spirit for the last couple weeks uh, to preach this. And this is our last Sunday service of the year. Next week, we're having a Saturday service. So this is officially our last Sunday service of the year. So I want to hopefully go out with a bang and, and give us a little bit of direction. I believe God's going to help us. Amen. I already believe that God has been moving. Amen. How many enjoyed those services with Brother Poindexter? Amen. I wasn't with you in, in, in body, but I was there listening. I was in church. Amen. I don't skip church even if I'm not in the state. Amen. And so I was listening, and he was ministering in the Holy Ghost, and I believe he was just setting our church up for what we're moving into in this next season, and I thank God for it. Amen. 2 Kings chapter 4 and verse number 1. Now there cried a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophet unto Elisha, saying, Thy servant, my husband, is dead, and thou knowest that thy servant did fear the Lord. And the creditor is come to take unto him my two sons to be bondmen. And Elisha said unto her, What shall I do for thee? Tell me, what hast thou in thy house? And she said, Thine handmaid hath not anything in the house. I've got nothing. 
And then she thought a minute, save a pot of oil. Then he said, go borrow the vessels abroad of all thy neighbors, even empty vessels. Borrow not a few. And when thou art come in, thou shalt shut the door upon thee and upon thy sons and shalt pour out into all of those vessels. And thou shalt set aside that which is full. So she went from him and shut the door upon her and upon her sons who brought the vessels to her. And she poured out. And it came to pass that when the vessels were full, that she said unto her son, Bring me yet a vessel. And he said unto her, There is not a vessel more. And the oil stayed. Then she came and told the man of God and said, And he said, Go, sell the oil and pay thy debt and live thou and thy children off of the rest. Amen. He said, What do you have in your house? And she said, Nothing. Isn't that just the response we normally give when we're facing a problem? And then she said, well, I actually got one thing. Got a pot of oil. And I want to preach to us for a few moments on this last Sunday of the year where we're having church. Last Sunday of the year we're having church. Unrecognized resources. Unrecognized resources. Would you set down your Bibles and would you lift up your hands and your hearts and your voice and let's pray that God would speak to us. Hallelujah. Come on, let's pray all across this building. And let's pray that God would use this and that God would, amen, I pray that there would be divine strategy that would come. Amen. Before this new year even starts, God, I'm praying that, Lord, you would set us up, Lord, for a miracle. Set us up for what you're wanting to do in this city. Set us up for what you're wanting to do in our homes. Set us up for what you're wanting to do in our families, God. Come on, that's it. Somebody lift up your voice and pray in the Holy Ghost for just a couple moments. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, God, I pray, open up our eyes, Jesus. Open up our eyes uh, that we can recognize what you've put before us. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus Christ, somebody clap your hands and give him praise. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated for a few moments. Amen. Unrecognized resources. Our story today is one of the most famous stories in the Old Testament, one that I have preached about and many other preachers have spoke about, but every time that I go back to it, I feel like I get a little more from it. There's some deep things that we can learn from this scripture. First thing that I want to point out is that this woman was the wife of one of the prophet's servants. These were not carnal people. These were spiritual people. Amen. They were not just uh, another individual, but these were those that served in the kingdom, that were invested into the kingdom, and they were constantly involved in serving the man of God. And the Bible declares that one day, her husband died tragically. And I want to just help dispel this superstitious idea that good things only happen to good people and bad things only happen to bad people. That is not in the Word of God. 
Amen. Let me just say that again. That is not in the Word of God. It is probably one of the greatest superstitions in life. In fact, the entire book of Job is written about this superstition because his friends come by for most of the book to accuse him of everything that he may have done wrong to deserve the bad that happened in his life. Amen. Let me help you here today. If there's bad things in your life, I think it's right for us to check and do inventory and find out whether or not there's some things we could do right or we could do better. But we also have to recognize that life happens to everybody. Amen. I've said it before and I'll say it a million more times. Uh, Amen. That when you live for God, there's going to be good days. When you live for God, there's going to be bad days. But I've got news for you. The flip side is also true. When you don't live for God, there's going to be good days. And when you don't live for God, there's going to be bad days. Amen. When you live for God, you're going to get sick. When you don't live for God, you're going to get sick. Amen. When you live for God, people are going to die. When you don't live for God, people are going to die. What am I telling you? When you live for God, life happens. When you don't live for God, life happens. You can't use what you're going through and what you've been through to be an indicator on whether or not God is with you or whether or not God is for you uh, because it happens uh, to everybody. Oh, somebody ought to give God praise today. You can't use the good as an indicator that you're all right with God because I've seen blessed people that are just as lost as the drunk in the bar. And I've seen broke people just as lost as the drunk in the bar. So don't, don't get it twisted that blessing de- de- decides that you're all right or that, that not having decides that you're all right. It happens to everybody. Life goes on. Amen. We've got to recognize that life continues to happen. But that there's a big difference between those that are living for God and those that are not living for God. It is the only difference. The only difference between those that are living for God and those that are not is that when you are sick and you are not living for God, you go to the doctor, you take a pill, and ultimately you just suffer through it. That's just all you do. But when you're living for God, you might go to the doctor, you might take a pill, but you could also hit your knees and you could talk to God about your infirmity. When you're broke and you're not living for God, you just broke and you can't do nothing about it. But when you're broke and you're living for God, you can hit your knees and say, God, I need you to make a way. You can go to church, amen, when you're lonely and recognize there's other people that are going through it too. And there's other people that have got a spirit of worship in the midst of it all. And you can come to the house of the Lord and be surrounded by others. When you live for God, you're connected to the one that can change things. You're connected to the one that can make a difference. When you live for God, you don't have to do it by yourself. Somebody ought to shout and give God praise. Amen. If you live for God, you don't have to do it all alone. If you live for God, you don't have to do it by yourself. If you live for God, you got other people. If you live for God, you got God. Somebody worship him all across this building. Amen. He died tragically. But I love the fact that she didn't let this stop her from living for God. Hallelujah. The Bible says that when her husband died, she had bills that could not be paid. And the Bible says the creditors were coming. Amen. Let me just help you here today. These were spiritual people, but they still made poor financial decisions. I know people think, well, if they're spiritual, 
that they've got everything together. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, you can, you can pray, you can fast, you can worship, but you got to go to work, too. <laughs> I know that's a part of Christianity we don't like to talk about. Amen. You can, you can be a giver, but you also got to make sure you pay your bills. Because there's an element there of we're not just uh, heavenly bodies, but we're earthly bodies as well. We don't just have vertical, we got horizontal. And there's some people, they only, they only want to take care of what they consider to be the spiritual thing, but they don't take care of the natural thing. And when that happens, you get people that are in this position where although they were spiritual people, they made poor decisions as humans. Because at the end of the day, we're all human. Amen. Everybody's got flaws. Everybody's got problems. Uh, amen. But what makes somebody truly spiritual is when they can recognize the problem that they have. Amen. When they can recognize the flaw they have and they can make it up in their mind, I might have this flaw, I might have this problem, but I do not want to keep having this flaw. Amen. True spirituality is saying, I know I got a problem, but I got to find something that will fix this problem. Uh, what made this woman spiritual is she recognized the creditors were coming because some bad decisions that they made. Yes, life happened, but they also made some decisions they probably shouldn't have made. Uh, but she recognized, uh, I don't want to stay in this position because uh, if I stay in this position, I lose everything. The creditors showed up, and they started taking everything. Hey, this was the Grinch that stole Christmas. It started taking the who ham, came in and took the tree, if you believe in that or whatever. Hey, man, they took the, they took the stockings. They took the presents. They took the sheets off the bed. In fact, you don't know about this, but I remember when I was young, we used to hide from rent center My parents had a rule in our house. If somebody calls and asks for us, just let them know we're not there. See, you don't know about that. That's all right. And because uh, Rent-A-Center shows up and that couch costs you $15 a week, uh, you thought was no big deal. When you stack it up over a month, it's actually a little more money than you expected. And they got you by nickeling and diming you. And then Rent-A-Center come knocking on the door and say, hey, we want our couch back. And now everybody's sitting on the floor eating pizza box, eating out of a pizza box because you ain't got a table. Amen. So this is what happens this woman. The Grinch showed up and started stealing Christmas from her. Took everything she had. They came in and they stripped the house bare. They took the paintings off the wall. They took the couch. They took the chair. They took the bed. They, they left them. There was nothing there. There wasn't even a crumb for the mouse to eat. And she's left with absolutely nothing. She, in fact, probably if she did have anything left, she went to the market and she sold everything she had left. When I was younger, we had a joke. That if you were missing something, it's because dad pawned it. He took it off to the pawn shop, and it was gone. I remember uh, we, I missed my toothbrush one time, and uh, I said, where's my toothbrush? My brother said, dad probably pawned it. You know, that's probably what she did. She's down to the last dollar, and so she took the air compressor from her deceased husband, and she pawned it. She hawked it. She took it down to Double Eagle Pond, and she took it in. She took it and got rid of it, trying to get a couple extra bucks. And maybe she had a, a, a motorcycle, and she took it off to the dealership, and she sold it. Maybe she had a little bit of this, a little bit of that. She sold everything in her house because true spiritual people try to fix the problem. 
Hallelujah. It is not spiritual for you to see a problem, recognize a problem, and not try to do something about the problem. When you see a problem, when you see something wrong, amen, the Holy Ghost inside you that will also cause you to forgive somebody will give you direction in life on what you have to do to make things right. Woo. That same Holy Ghost that comes on you on a Sunday that makes you shout and do a jig is the same Holy Ghost that will tell you what you ought to do in the midst of this troubled situation. The same Holy Ghost will have you speak in tongues is the same Holy Ghost uh, that will give you divine direction on how to get out of the mess uh, that you might have walked into. Uh, God won't leave you. God won't forsake you. And God's going to lead you through the valley. Somebody clap your hands uh, and give God praise. Amen. So, Raina Center showed up, took everything. The Grinch showed up, took everything. Amen. She took what was left and she took it to the pawn shop. And she recognized, I got nothing left and I'm still in debt. And now they're coming after the only thing she's got left, her kids, her sons. They are coming to take them and to sell them off into slavery. And so she runs to the prophet for direction. Amen. Let me help somebody here today. Half of the battle is knowing where to find your answer. What makes somebody a spiritual individual is not that they have all the answers. And I think we've got this messed up because so many people think that spiritual people always know what to do. But that's not true. Spiritual people don't always know what to do. But spiritual people know where to go when they don't know what to do. We know where our answer can be found. You know, in this world, if you don't know something, what do you do? You get on your phone and you Google it. You, you go and you look up and you figure out what's going on and you Google the answer. Spiritual people recognize God is bigger than Google. And when I don't have an answer to life... Google's not going to give me the answer. Amen. Other people, amen, my family may not give me the answer, but I can always go to God. I can always go to the Word of God. I can always go to the house of God. Let me help you here today. This book is more than something that collects dust on your nightstand. This is a book chock full of life's wisdom that's going to help you get out of every mess you've ever been in. This book won't just get you to heaven. It'll get you to live on earth. Uh, amen. This book won't just get you out of hell. It'll teach you how to live right on earth. Uh, amen. And when you go to the resource, uh, when you go to the book, uh, it'll tell you what you ought to do. She went to the prophet because she knew, listen, I don't have all the answers, uh, but if I can just get to the house of God, I can get an answer. I don't have all the answers, but if I can just get a word from God, I'll get an answer. I don't exactly know what to do, but I know where to go. Uh, amen. I, I got a revelation uh, that when I'm in trouble, I go to God. When I'm in trouble, I go to church. Uh, when I'm in trouble, I go to the man of God. When I'm in trouble, I go to my brothers and sisters in Christ. Uh, when I'm in trouble, I find somebody that's not in the same mess as me uh, and talk to them about my mess uh, so they can get me up out of my mess you know they say misery loves company I know too many people that when they're in a mess they just like talking to other people that are in the same mess as them the problem is you're all in the you're all in the forest and you're surrounded by trees and that's all you can see amen when your marriage is in trouble don't go find another troubled marriage and ask them what they're doing it ain't working for them. Just stay. You go find somebody you respect. You go find somebody that's got something right. You go find somebody, amen, that's doing something correct. And you say, hey, you know what? Right now we're trying to have a little trouble. We're starting to have a little problems. Can you help us out? When you're broke, busted, and you don't know what to do, you don't go find another broke person and ask them what they should do. They're in the same mess as you. You go find somebody. Don't talk bad about somebody that's got it better than you. Go find them and ask them what they're doing. 
I'm preaching about resources today. You may not know it, but you got to recognize there's some resources around you that'll get you out of the mess you're in. But you got to be willing to go to the resource. You got to be willing to use the resource. You got to be willing to call the resource, text the resource, message the resource, email the resource. You got to be willing to sit down and say, What do we got to do to fix this mess? Somebody clap your hands and give the Lord some praise. Amen. So she didn't know what to do, so she went where she could get an answer. Somebody that wasn't in the, you know, because you get a, a mess and you're so emotional about it. That's how all of us are. I'm just teaching a little bit. Amen. We all get in that place where we get so emotional we can't see beyond where we are. It's the fog of war. You need somebody who's got a different vantage point that can look ahead for your future and tell you what steps you need to take so you can get out of the mess that you're in today. Amen. And so he asks her a simple question that's a little more complex than we give it credit for. What do you have left in your house? This is a painful question she must consider. What do you have left? In order to ask this question, she has to consider everything she lost. What you have left, amen, is only what is after you've lost everything. So now she's got to think about everything that's not there. In fact, this is what most of us do when we're in the middle of a problem. We start thinking, but we can only think in negative terms when we're in the midst of a mess. We think about everything that has left us, everything that we've lost. And no doubt she started recounting to the prophet. She said, I ain't got nothing left. Didn't you hear my story? My husband died. A rent-a-center came by. The car got repoed. I pawned everything. I owned and I got nothing left and he says what do you have left in your house hold on just one second uh, my husband died my car got repossessed. The house is up for foreclosure. And she starts going down the list again. You know, I've dealt with people long enough to know that the conversation repeats itself every 20 minutes. When people are struggling, they go through this thing because they've been in echo chamber so long that they've just spoke their problem, spoke their problem, spoke their problem. And when they get to somebody that can help them out of their problem, they just want to keep repeating their problem. But you don't need to repeat your problem. We all know your problem. You've recognized your problem. But now God wants to teach somebody in this message today, you got to go beyond recognizing your problem and you got to go to the next step, which is being able to recognize your resource to get out of the problem and I've seen people do this where they just repeat 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 and she said well hold on I don't have nothing left Amen. This seems like a harsh question because she's got to confront everything she lost but what's happening is the prophet is trying to get her to see beyond what she's seen so many people are thinking what I need in this moment is I need a handout some might even think I need a hand up somebody help me out somebody help me up but what actually needs to happen in many of these circumstances is people need another pair of eyes. Hallelujah. Because when you can't see the solution, you don't need to see the problem in this moment. You don't even need somebody to give you a hand up or a hand out because you wouldn't even know what to do with it in the first place. But God will often send you to somebody that's got a different pair of eyes, that's got a different perspective than you. The Holy Ghost will start speaking to you in terms where he's trying to change the way you see things and change your paradigm and change your perspective and say, what? 
do you have? I didn't ask what you don't have. I asked what do you have? Not negative, but positive. What is available? What do you have? What is your resource? Ooh, somebody lift up your hands and magnify the Lord. Come on, let's magnify the Lord for just a moment. I'm almost done here. Amen. But I've come to preach to somebody. God, before this next year starts, I pray, Lord, give us the eyes to see what really is available to us. I recognize the problem. I recognize the resources that have left. But, God, I pray, open up my eyes that I might recognize the resource that's at my disposal at this very moment. Woo. Amen. She had to consider, what do you have left? She responded, nothing. Because if you recognize everything I've been through, you would recognize as well as I do, I've got nothing left. i got absolutely nothing. I've lost it all. But often, we don't recognize our resources because of the packaging. Amen. Unmarked labels. We used to go to the food bank when I was younger. And uh, often we would get a box. You don't get to choose what goes in the box. But we'd get these cans that somebody had ripped off the label. And so we, some weeks we'd have mystery meal. You didn't know if you were getting baked beans or green beans. It was just, uh, you just open it up. But you know there's some people right now while you, while you were moving your pantry around, you started moving things and you lost the label somewhere. And so it sat in the back of your pantry. I know you right now there's somebody that got something they're thinking of right now. You have no clue what it is. But it's sitting in the back of your pantry and, and you, you don't use it. Uh, even though there might come a season when you need it, you might need some green beans. But you don't know they're in there because the label got removed. And so often we get in a position of life where we don't know the rest of the resource. We don't recognize the resource because the label has been removed because the unmarked label because it's been mismarked we don't really know what it is and so we don't see it as a resource because we never marked it down as a resource when we're broke we think the only resource we need is some cash and so when we don't have cash we spend our whole lives saying I'm broke I'm broke I'm broke but there is a resource that's unmarked in your life that will produce more than cash if you could label it properly or recognize what it really is there's some unmarked resources unrecognized resource in our lives that have been there the whole time that'll supply the need if only we could recognize what it is I want to preach to somebody he asked the woman what do you have and she thought I don't have anything that can fix the mess I'm in and she saw what she had through what she needed and she could not get past this mental block until the prophet asked her and asked her and asked her change your perspective change your paradigm Lift your eyes up. And she started looking through the house and recognized this is gone. That's gone. That's where the couch used to be. That's where the car used to be parked. And she went all through the house until she came to that pantry. And she opened it up and she recognized, ooh, it's not much. But I do have one thing left. And the prophet said, that's exactly what you need. What you have and it's already been there, is everything that you need. 
I've come to prophesy to somebody here today. You keep looking for something you don't have to fix the mess you're in. But I've come to preach to you what you need is in what you already have. Uh, Amen. I want to preach to the woman that's got a little bit of oil. That little bit of oil is more than sufficient uh, to pay off all those debts uh, and to set you up for retirement. Uh, Amen. If you could just mark the, if you could just label the resource and recognize the resource, uh, it would be more than sufficient. Uh, Let me preach to somebody about another mother. Uh, The Bible says she was dying. They had no food. They're in the middle of a famine. And the prophet comes by and says, feed me first. And she said, we don't have enough. And he said, scrape the bottom of the barrel. And when she got down to the bottom of the barrel, there was a resource that was in there that fed them all the way through the famine. The Bible says Moses is standing at the Red Sea. Amen. The army's coming behind him, and he's standing at impossibility. And Moses does what all of us do in moments of trial. And we often think that we're being real spiritual. He hits his knees and starts praying. Let me help you. As a preacher, I tell you, and I preach it all the time, prayer is the answer. And everybody said amen. But let me edify, ed- edit that statement for a moment. Prayer is the answer 99% of the time. Because there's that 1% of the time when Moses hit his knees and started praying and God said, why are you praying right now? What do you mean, why am I praying right now? I'm praying right now because there's an army. Co- Again, he's, re- he's echoing everything that's going on. I'm, I've got an army coming behind me, and I've got, a, I've got something in front of me that I don't know what to get through. Uh, and he says, Moses, uh, it's, the reason you're praying right now is because the last time you prayed, I told you what your resource was, but you forgot to put a label on it. Uh, do you remember at the burning bush, uh, amen, when I told you that that staff uh, would be a sign that I was with you? He said, Moses, uh, what resource is in your hand. I came to preach to somebody about your unrecognized resource. Uh, He didn't say what's in your neighbor's hand, what's in your spouse's hand. He said what's in your hand, uh, what's in your disposal, what can you do? Uh, He said, Moses, uh, you don't need to pray about it. Uh, I already spoke it to you. Uh, And now, Moses, you got to take what you got, and you got to do something with what you got. I've come to preach to somebody, pray, 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 pray. But when God gives you a resource, uh, go back to that resource. Uh, pick it up uh, and start using it. Uh, pick it up uh, and start doing. Oh, somebody clap your hands and give God praise. The danger of an unrecognized resource is Abraham's on the way up the mountain to, 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 to kill his son. And the Bible says he lifted up his hand. And he got ready to slay his son. And the angel said, stop. And it was at that moment that God began to speak to him about a ram that was in a thicket. Here's the the part of the story that we don't often talk about. The Bible says that ram was already in the thicket. He climbed up that mountain, didn't realize the ram was there, the whole way up the mountain, get ready to do something that God didn't even need him to do. And if he would have recognized his resource, he'd have never gone that far. Amen. Can I help you here today? Amen. The Bible declares God already provided what he needed, but he had yet to recognize it. Amen. There's some people that God has already spoken to you. God has already showed it to you. Amen. What's going to help you go into this next year with power? What's going to help you go in this next year with favor? What's going to have you going this next year with blessing, uh, but you got to recognize what it is. Uh, God's already spoke it. God's already showed it, uh, but you got to label it. Uh, this is my resource. Uh, this is my resource. Let's stand across the building and clap our hands unto the Lord.
all across this building. Somebody lift up your hands and let's magnify the Lord. Whoo. Come on, ARC. There are some resources at our disposal, but we've got to recognize them. We've got to recognize these resources so that when the creditors finally show up, we're able to pay it off because we know we've got the resource, that we use the resource, that we did something with the resource. Somebody pray. Whew. I feel the Holy Ghost in this house. Come on, don't go into this next year with unrecognized resources. Don't, don't, don't leave this year uh, with unrecognized resources. Uh, don't go into 2023 with unrecognized resources uh, where you don't realize God has already got something there for me. Uh, amen. Don't, don't try to do in this next year what you did this year. Uh, amen. There's more for you uh, that you've got to reach back to that resource, uh, and it's going to get you where you need to go. The prophet prayed to his servant, prayed for his servant. Amen. When his servant said, we're surrounded by an army, we don't know what to do. We have no clue what to do. We're in a mess. Amen. We're surrounded. We're outnumbered. And the prophet said, Lord, open up this guy's eyes. The prophet already recognized his resource. And the moment that God opened up his eyes, we, we don't need a handout or a hand up. We need God to open up our eyes to what's already there. Whew. You know, so many people are focused on what they don't have. Or even worse, they're focused on what somebody else has. Yeah, that's envy, and that's one of the worst things that can happen. Well, this is why the prophet said, What's, what do you have in your house? You know, it's like the old credit card. What do you have in your wallet? I know you want to think about what's in somebody else's wallet, but what's in your wallet? And what you got, what do you have? What do you have? Well, you know, if I just, if I just, had, I just had what Brother Steve had. You know, if I could just, if I could just sing like Sister Tiffany... I'd have a really high voice. If I could just, if I could just, and I, I'm really good at taking inventory of what you got. And you're really good at taking inventory of what I got. We're real good at people watching. We recognize the resource other people have. If I just had their car, if I just had their house, if I just had their, their marriage, if I just had their family, if I just had, if I just had, if I just had, if I just had, and the prophet said, what do you have? Because what they have ain't going to pay the bills. And what they have is not going to take you into the future of your ministry. And what they have is not the gift God has for you. The resource you have is what you need. Lord opened up his eyes, and he opened up his eyes, and he said, Oh, my goodness. We're not outnumbered. We're not surrounded. They're outnumbered, and they're surrounded. Amen. We've got to be careful of unrecognized resources. Because the Bible says of Saul, King Saul, that he never inquired of the ark of God. In all of his kingship, he never inquired of a resource. I don't have time to preach about it, but inside of the ark, it was filled up with the law. It was filled up with the word of God. Well, I don't know what to do. You got a word, amen, inside that ark, and that word will tell you what you need to do. You got a law in there, amen. That, that law was powerful. It killed 54,000 people when they opened up the ark, amen. He didn't, he didn't have the ark. He didn't inquire of it. But let me tell you, inside that ark was Aaron's rod that budded. There were miracles, and any time Saul needed a miracle, all he had to do was to go back to the resource called the ark, and he would have got a miracle, amen. There was a pot of manna. Any time that Israel needed provision, all he had to do was inquire of the ark go back to the resource and he would have gotten his resource fulfilled he would have gotten provision and here's the worst part for Saul on top of the ark there was a mercy seat you know Saul died as a fool 
But if he recognized his resource, he could have run to the throne of mercy and got mercy and had it all taken care of. But Saul would rather go to a witch than to a mercy seat. He'd rather go to a resource that God never intended him to look towards than the resource he had. But I didn't come to talk to people that just missed the resource. I've come to help somebody that's got their eyes open after this message and they're looking towards the resource. Uh, amen. David showed up to the battle and they tried to put Saul's armor on him and, and, and they, they thought to themselves, well, if we can make him look like a soldier, maybe he has a shot. And David said, this don't fit me. Uh, what do you do, David, when the armor doesn't fit you? What do you do when, when what, you, what you've been given by somebody else doesn't quite fit? Uh, David said, listen, this don't work for me. Uh, but I, I, I've got something that you didn't recognize uh, was available the whole time. And David showed up down at a brook and started gathering some rocks. Did you know there was a lot more than five smooth stones in that brook? You know, Israel liked to stone people. They just, they liked to stone their own, but they didn't like to stone the enemy. So, praise God, that's for free. They, they just, man, they take up stones anytime somebody did something wrong. They stone one another. But yet they had an entire brook full of stones, could have turned them into a bunch of AK-47s. They could have started throwing rocks at their enemies, but people didn't recognize what was in front of them. But thank God for people like David who recognized the resource that they had available to them. Let me help you here today. Sheep do not run fast. Sheep are seemingly defenseless. You know, they don't have claws. They don't have teeth. But, and we say, well, they're just out there and they're going to die. Nope. Sheep have a resource that they can cry out to their shepherd and get the shepherd's attention, and the shepherd comes running to their defense. <laughs> Pastor, I don't know what I'm going to do. I, I don't know what I've got. Well, Bartimaeus, you might be blind, but you can shout just fine. You can lift up your voice and you can cry out to God. Uh, Bartimaeus, you can't see him, but you hear that he's coming. Bartimaeus, you can't see, but you can call out to Jesus and stop him dead in his tracks. It's interesting that the kingdom is represented as a treasure in a field. You know what's sad about that? Is somebody owned that field, but they sold it because they didn't recognize the resource. Did you know God put you in a field? that you want somebody else's field, but there's a resource in your field that God wants to use this next year, that if you sell off your field, you're going to lose the resource as well. But if you just go out there and start digging ditches and digging holes, eventually you're going to find the resource. Uh, you know, there's some people, they don't realize, uh, amen, that if you don't use it, uh, amen, somebody else will. If you don't think it's valuable, somebody else will find value. Uh, if you don't find it as something that's, got, that's a resource that can be used, somebody else uh, is going to come along and recognize the value. And the Bible says that one man uh, sold it. Uh, he said, no big deal. You can have the rocks. You can have all this other junk. Uh, I don't really care about it. There's nothing in there for me. And the other one went out and sold everything he had. Because what is worthless to some people is worth everything to others. Did you know you got a resource in God? You got a resource in the kingdom of God? you got a resource in the church of the living God. And there's some people that are just going to sell it off for pennies. But there's other people going to walk in the doors and they're going to say, Oh, my goodness, I wish I'd have known this resource was here the whole time. Oh, my goodness, I wish I'd have known that there was a God that loved me. I wish I'd have known there was mercy for me. I wish I'd have known that there was a place I could go and be delivered of my addictions and be delivered of my compulsions and be delivered of all the things going on in my life. But it starts by God opening our eyes to recognize our resource. Would you lift up your hands all across this building? Come on, we're going through this into this next year.
But I don't want us to go into this next year without God opening up our eyes to some resources that are available to us. You know, there's some things God has spoken to you about. You need to go back with your label maker, and you need to label that. That's a gift that God has given you. Hallelujah. That's a calling that God has placed on your life. The Bible says Jesus asked his disciples when the 5,000 were there, can we, let's feed them. How are we going to feed them? And the disciples went out and said, we didn't got enough money. But Jesus wasn't trying to get them to count their dollars. He said, I want you to find something. I want you to find me a resource that I can multiply. And finally, I mean, one of his disciples came and said, you know, I did find a little boy's lunch. And Jesus said, that's exactly what I'm looking for. See, God's not looking for you to find something great and big. In fact, God wants you to find something small. Ooh, it's real. We're all good at finding the big things, but God wants us to focus on the details and find the little things. Let me help you here today. I'll, I'll never forget. I'm going to embarrass you, sister. Is that all right? Okay. I'll never forget about uh, when we first got here. Uh, we just got into our rental, and we'd have like an event. And, uh, and at that event, I, I just inevitably, we'd always see it. Sister Tiffany would be there just cleaning the, the, the stove. I think the stove had already been cleaned, but she cleaned the stove anyways. And, and I'd say, sis, no, you don't need to do that. Just, just stop. She'd be sweeping the floor. You don't need to do that. You can stop. And, and we, we talked about it, uh, my wife and I, and she said, I just love cleaning. I said, well, praise God. Be blessed. Just let the Lord use you. Yeah, you can go. To, there you go. You can go to her house too. Sis. How long has it been since you started your cleaning business? Two years. Well, you know, that's a resource you always had, but you didn't recognize it for a while. And there are latent gifts and talents and abilities. You don't know I'm prophesying to somebody right now. That if we, well, well, you know, if I could just, uh, if I could just be this or be that, or if I could just open up this business, I need, I need, I need $400,000 worth of capital to be able to do that. If I had this much money, I could do it. No, you know, there's a resource sitting in your cabinet right now. That if God would open up your eyes, it would, it would not only provide for you financially, it would provide for you spiritually. Oh, I came to preach to somebody. Lift up your hands. Whew. Did you know there's some gifts, talents, and abilities that God put in you? That if God would open up your eyes to recognize, it would take care of everything you have need of. But God, I need to see it. 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 God, in 2023, God, help me to see the resource you put in there. Maybe it was in 2022 you put it in there. Maybe it was years ago. Maybe it was from before I was born. A skill, talent, and ability. God, help me to recognize it. Somebody lift up your hands and let's pray. Come on, let's pray. Come on, maybe there's somebody right now that you have a need in, in your life and you need something, you don't know what to do. I want to tell you, you've got a resource in your heavenly Father. You've got a shepherd in heaven that is looking over you right now, that is willing to help you out, uh, but he's just waiting on you to recognize that he's there the whole time. Uh, amen. There's some people right now, you need mercy, but you didn't recognize you can come boldly to this altar and you can get mercy from God and God can completely deliver you and God can completely set you free. There's some folks you need deliverance from drugs and alcohol, but you think, I need a 12-step program. I need I need to have a patch or a pill, but you don't realize that there's a resource right now available to you. It's called the Holy Ghost, and it'll set you free. I want you to come down to this altar. Let's, let's empty out these aisles, these pews, and these chairs. Let's all come down to this front. Come on, what are we praying? I'll tell you what we're praying. God, help me to recognize the resource that you've got available for me. Come on. Would you come? Would you come? You've got a need in your life. You've got a need in your life. 
But I want to tell you, God has already put it there, the resource that you need to supply that need. God has already put it there, but you've got to ask God to help you to see it. Uh, amen. Maybe there's somebody in this building that, amen, you've got a physical need. Uh, amen. There's a resource there that's available to you. Uh, maybe there's somebody in this building, you've got a financial need, but God's already put a resource there that if you would recognize it's available to you, it might be something that you just think is a hobby or a passion of yours, uh, but God can turn around and turn it into something that will change your family's life forever. Maybe there's somebody and you got some spiritual needs and you've been out there isolated all by yourself uh, but you didn't realize uh, there's a resource in this building uh, that'll totally change your eternity. Come on, somebody needs to pray. God, open my eyes. God, open my eyes. Come on, that's it all across the Lift up your hands. Come on, before you start this next year and before this year ends, God, help me to recognize my resource. God, help me to recognize my resource. God, help me to recognize my resource. Come on. Your ministry will be found in the resource God put in you. Hallelujah. Your anointing will be found in the resource God already put in you. I have